Canine Nation eBooks are now available. The first two volumes, Dogs As They Are and Teaching Dogs Effective Learning, are available in bookstores now. More on how you can get them at the end of this podcast. Welcome to Canine Nation Audio Edition. It's Tuesday, February 19th, 2013. Canine Nation is a regular feature column that runs on the Life as a Human online magazine. Life as a Human features articles about what it means to be human, the good, the bad, and the enlightening. This column explores what it means to be human in our relationship with dogs. You can find it at lifeasahuman.com. To get directly to Canine Nation, go to caninenation.lifeasahuman.com. A complete archive of all the Canine Nation articles can be found there. Hi, I'm Eric Brad. Canine Nation is about learning, understanding, and living successfully with our dogs. Modern animal training techniques based on behavioral science can produce amazing results in working with our dogs. Whether your dog is a loved family member or a working dog, a canine athlete, or a trusted companion, Positive training techniques based on science can help you enjoy a more productive and fun relationship with your dog. Join us as we explore the many facets of living with our dogs and taking a fresh look at how we work with them. Whether it's taking a closer look at everyday issues we share with our dogs or busting long-standing myths about training and dog behavior, I hope you find something useful in each of the Canine Nation articles. We're glad you're with us. Now here's this week's installment. The Tyranny of Small Dogs We're big dog people. We've always had larger breeds like Collies and Belgian Shepherds. Having bigger dogs comes with a hefty responsibility. When a big dog has bad manners, it's really obvious to everyone in the room. When our Rizzo jumps up to greet a guest, he throws all of his 65 pounds into it. He's just looking for a kiss and a cuddle, but that's a lot of dog to throw at someone. So, we try to do our best to teach our dogs the manners they need. Managing larger dogs requires teaching several behaviors just to manage their movement. For example, it would be easy for our big dogs to barge past us and out the door when we leave the house. So we have carefully trained them to wait or stay on command. We also teach directional cues to move them from one place to another. We teach them cues to get them up onto and off of things like couches or benches. We teach them to sit quietly by our sides when we need to keep them out of someone else's way. We have even taught them to back up if we should ever need them to do that. In many ways, I'm envious of small dog owners who can just bend down and scoop up their dog. It would make management so much easier. Instead, while they are young, we have to watch our dogs like a hawk. That tiny oops when our puppy eliminates on the carpet will one day become a much bigger mess. Those cute little puppy love nibbles will one day become a bite with enough force to crush a tennis ball. And heaven forbid that puppy learns to jump up in our lap. That might not be so easy to deal with when they reach 60 pounds or more. Most of these things are not really a problem for small dog owners, even when their dogs are full-grown. 
I don't think there can be much debate regarding the cuteness of small dogs. Most of the lists of the cutest dog breeds that I've looked at recently list mostly small dogs in their top ten. On one list, small dogs were listed at the cutest from first to seventh, with large breeds only finding their way into positions eight through ten. This shouldn't really come as any surprise. These small breeds were selectively bred to be adorable. Lap dogs have been with us for centuries. British history records the breeding of small companion dogs, ancestors to today's Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, dating back as far as the 1500s. Other breeds, like the Papillon, date back even earlier, and the origin of the Pug goes back as far as the 4th century. Today, dog fanciers have around 100 small breeds of various shapes and styles to choose from. Because they are small enough to carry, and often adorable, small dogs frequently get a kind of special treatment that just isn't practical with larger dogs. They have a special capacity to bring a smile and lighten the heart. And it is these very qualities that can also let them get away with pretty much anything they want. Watch any of the TV dog training shows that show problem dogs. Chances are you will see one of the small breeds involved in some pretty unruly behavior. This is not to say that all small dogs are badly behaved. Far from it. I have had the pleasure to know many wonderful small breed dogs. But the deception here is that small dogs don't appear to require as much of our attention as a larger breed might. And yet, the perception of these smaller breeds is quite the opposite. A study from 2010 concludes that, quote, smaller dogs are seen as less obedient, more aggressive and excitable, and more anxious and fearful, unquote. Could the relative ease of management of small breeds lead to a lack of training by owners? Noted author and behaviorist Patricia McConnell seems to think so. In a March 2012 blog post, McConnell confesses that while she has done some really great training with her small dog, quote, Here's what I haven't done. Taught her to sit, down, and stay. Really? If you're surprised or shocked, you're not as surprised as I am, unquote. McConnell says that if this were a larger breed, she would have started that kind of training much sooner. The fact is, much of what we attribute to small breed dogs may have less to do with their genetics and more to do with their upbringing. If owners really do tend to be more relaxed in their training with their small dogs, that might account for several issues. Smaller dogs might have more difficulty getting their owner's attention, and that might contribute to demand barking and jumping up. Once they get attention, owners may just reflexively pick up the dog while not addressing an underlying issue. And there's another aspect to this that cannot be overlooked. Small dogs have small mouths with very small teeth. Canadian comedian Norm MacDonald once joked that it might take a dachshund several days to tear your throat out if you passed out on the floor and it decided to nibble away at you. A search on the Internet of dog breeds that pose the greatest risk as biters will often list breeds such as Malamutes, Akitas, German Shepherds, and Rottweilers among the most dangerous. That is because most such studies focus heavily on the amount of damage these breeds can do. Small breeds are just as likely to bite as larger breeds and for many of the same reasons. But, because it is unlikely that they will inflict much damage, these bites frequently go unreported. 
As conscientious dog owners of small dogs well know, there is nothing different about their dog's brain. Small dogs are every bit as intelligent and eager to learn as larger breeds. The time I have spent competing in dog agility has given me the chance to see some spectacular performances by miniature pinchers, chihuahuas, Jack Russell Terriers, miniature schnauzers, and many other small breeds. They are intelligent, well-trained, and incredibly responsive to their owners. It is a stark contrast to the frazzled woman on the TV show who is claiming that her Bichon Frise is, quote, taking over her household, unquote, and she is at her wit's end trying to control her dog. Clearly, these small breeds can be fantastic workers. So what's going on here? It's the tyranny of small dogs. Tyranny not because the dogs themselves are doing anything wrong. Quite the opposite. Small dogs seem to have a tremendous capacity to lull us humans into thinking that we don't have to work with them like we need to work with larger breeds. Somehow, we expect them to be great little dogs just because they're small and cute and we get to cuddle them. And that could be working against them if we are not giving them the training and the structure that they need. This lack of structure and training is not just confined to the smaller dog breeds, but there does seem to be a much greater chance of it happening. I know from personal experience that indiscretions by my big black dogs are not as easily overlooked or forgiven as those of, say, a Shih Tzu or a Dachshund. When a Pomeranian barks at you, it's cute. When a big black Belgian Shepherd barks at you, it's menacing. Society just seems more tolerant of bad manners if the dog is small. I feel badly for these small breeds. They are dogs just like Border Collies and German Shepherds and Rottweilers. They are easily trainable, make wonderful companions, and can excel at any dog sport or activity that their owners choose to train them for. We just have to keep from falling into the trap of going easy on a small dog. Sure, they are cute and cuddly, but they are intelligent and eager to learn as well. And any good small dog owner can tell you it's well worth the effort you put into working with a small breed. The brains, and indeed their hearts, are much bigger than their size would lead you to believe. Until next time, have fun with your dogs. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Canine Nation. You can find the text version of it at caninenation.lifeisahuman.com. Teaching Dogs Effective Learning is the second Canine Nation ebook to be released. It is a collection of essays from the Life as a Human online magazine on how we train and teach our dogs and what we can learn in the process. The book includes introductory notes for each essay as well as two essays written specifically for this book. Also available is the first Canine Nation ebook, Dogs as They Are, a look at what our dogs are where they have come from, and how they adapt to our lives. Both books are available in the Canine Nation store in Kindle format, EPUB format for iPads, Kobo, Nook, and other e-readers, or a special PDF edition formatted for instructors that includes licensing for reprints for students. Just go to caninenation.ca and click on the store link at the top of the page. You can also find Canine Nation eBooks in the Amazon store, on Apple iTunes, at booktango.com, and other online booksellers. You can join our discussion about dogs and dog training 
on Facebook. Just search for Canine Nation to get to our group. You can ask for membership, and we'll add you to our growing family. If you can spread the word about the podcast or link to our caninenation.lifeisahuman.com page, we would certainly appreciate it. That's it for now. Thanks for listening.